نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على انبياء اجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين اما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. Thank you. 
okay? Because I remember, you know, being this show, I'm an old victim. And according to the uh, Book of Revelations and everything that was sent down in that particular book, and when it talk about the 144,000 and everything that was standing on Mount Zion, and then after the year 2000, then what? I mean, what about what? What, what are we going to be doing? What do we have to do? I mean, are we making plans? That's what you, is that what you mean about that for us? As far you know, as far as uh, you know, the Amorites and all that, you know, all that stuff is predicted because. Nothing, nothing in prediction changes. Yeah. You follow that? Uh-huh. What you're looking at now is Revelation 21. Uh-huh. Revelation 21 ties right in to Malachi 4. You follow what I'm saying? Malachi The 4. book of Malachi chapter 4 about the oh, incoming okay. of the end of the world. Okay. If you look at the Revelation 21 where they talk about the removal of the sky and the removal of the earth or they say the heavens and the earth is going to be taken away, and a new one is going to come in. That's the same thing that took place in Genesis. The old world, right, before Adam and Eve was removed, and a new world came in with the birth of Adam and Eve. And then again it happened in Genesis when you get down to the uh, prophet Noah, and they moved everybody off the planet, and they took his seed and replenished the planet again. So there's multiple times where the Almighty steps in and says, I'm going to remove all living things or, or either all creeping things and I'm going to bring in new things. Mm-hmm. A re, a, what they call a replenishing or a refilling of the earth. Uh-huh. All right, we're coming back into that cycle right now. Oh, we are. We're I'm coming back in the cycle because, pay attention, because the moon cycle has gone out and the sun cycle is coming in. The moon cycle is a symbol of the night or the shadow hour. Mm-hmm. And the sun cycle is, is a symbol of the day. We moved into the sun cycle because as the galaxy makes a complete circle, it's called an equinox. And the planet gets closer and further away from the sun at different times in its motion. During the period of time that the sun and the planet are close to each other, those are periods referred to as the, the solo era. And when it gets farther away from it, you know, it makes it, yeah, but it's an egg-like shape, okay. right? When it gets further away, that is the moon cycle. That's why moon is synonymous with night and sun is synonymous with day. What is happening is every certain amount of thousands of years, it happens, right? We're getting ready to come back into the sun cycle. We already started into it a while back when they, what the devil referred to as the Aquarian age. In that period of time, the sun gets closer to the planet. Mm-hmm. And a very strange thing happens, right? Yeah. The people who cannot live under the sun only have one alternative. What is it? No. They must go back to the cage. Oh, okay. That's they can't stay on the surface. Yeah, okay. You follow that? Mm-hmm. So what's happening now amongst the so-called Europeans, the reason why they're building underground tunnels across Europe, the reason why they're taking all the stores off the streets and turning them into malls, the reason why they're putting the cinemas or movies, as you call them, inside malls and hospitals and everything, or underground communications, because he's coming into an era time that before, in the Holy Quran, as you call it, uh-huh. so the speak about a period of time when they went into the caves, and they don't even know how long they were in the cave sleeping. Uh-huh. They were sleepers in the cage. Yeah. That means that was the other cycle when the sun cycle on the other side came in. Then it goes into a moon, and then it comes into a sun again, then back in the moon. It's two moon cycles and two sun cycles that completes that complete equinox. Uh-huh. All right? We're at a period of time now where the sun cycle has come in, the ozone layer is moving, there's a greenhouse effect, the planet is warming up, and the European people have to get off the surface of the planet. Mm-hmm. They have to go underground. 
and they're trying to build everything. First, they tried to go out. They found out that life existed on Mars, but they couldn't exist there because of certain ammonia that, that they would make it impossible for them to survive. So now they're back to building underground. They linked up Europe. They had to get a one-world system so that all Europeans would be in tune because those that are not in tune will die. So all we have to do, and people, when I speak about the end of the devil's rule or reign in 6,000 years, all we have to do is wait. You're looking for some phenomena other than what's taking place. In the books of Malachi, they call him the son of justice. They translate it as righteous, but it's a son, and they use the word shemesh. They don't use the word son like ben, son, S-O-N. They use the word S-U-N, and they speak about the son of justice bringing out the fire upon earth. Right? That marks a period of time in the end of the world when the sun itself is going to become the means of justice. And that justice is a confirmation of a prophecy that was made to us that when the devil comes out to harm us, fire would rain out of heaven upon them and consume them. Follow that? And that's happening to them right now. But we're looking for matches to be struck and flames. That's only one kind of fire. If you remember the hell book that I've written, I said there's a variety of different kind of fires. Is it a, is it a gas fire? Is it a, a carbon fire? Is it, you know, there's different kinds of fires. The sun in itself, Ra, is a form of fire. You follow that? They call it Amun Ra because Amun means trusted. You follow? Amun Ra means trusted. And it makes mention in the book of Revelations in the third chapter in the 14th verse about El Amun. The trusted or faithful in the truth. When I say faithful, I mean that I've made a promise with you, and you are faithful to that promise. You follow that? So Amun Ra has to hold faithful to his promise to us as people of the sun. When I say Amun Ra, people think right back to idol worship in Egypt, right? And I'm talking about Ra means to see. And it's the same thing, like I explained many times, that Hagar used when she went in the wilderness. She said El Roy, which was enough for saying I'm El Ra. She didn't say Amun because Amun was a certain people that she didn't belong to. It's another story. All right, so the promise is being fulfilled for us that the time for the devil is ending. The fire is pouring down out of the sky. It's happening to them right now. It's giving them skin cancer. Each year they're told you can't go to the beaches. They love beaches. Beaches are a symbol of nudity to them. And the word nude is short for Nod, the land of Nod. In Hebrew, we don't say Nod. We say nude. Now they're pushing for nudity beaches. And it's amazing because they're pushing for nudity beaches, but they can't go to the beach. So they must be pushing for newly beaches for you and I. Because it says, oh, children of Adam, don't let the devil seduce you and take off your clothes. So he can't be making newly beaches for Europeans because they can't go to the beach no more. They're telling them, stay off the beaches. Where they're not getting burnt, they're poisoned in the water. There's fires all across the country. Floods all across the country. All this is done by the Illuminati. They're trying to destroy the surface of the planet so that we will have to go underground with them. Do you understand that? They're at a point now where well, we they... Have to go, do we? I mean, we're not going to go. It depends. It depends on if, <laughs> well, you, it depends on if you're prepared or not. Okay. You've got to be prepared because regardless of how close the sun becomes to the planet Earth, it will not have any effect on us. 
I mean, but do we have to prepare ourselves just as individuals? As no, we have to prepare ourselves as a body. That is our problem. We keep on breaking up into individuals uh-huh. and divided. We have no power. We're the only people that's disunited amongst ourselves. Yeah. We get broken down all the way down into Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists and Sunni Muslims and Hansard. We're broken up into all kind of little stupid splinter groups. There's Egyptologists over here, Dr. Ben is on this side, and Clark is on this side, and and Siraj Wahaj is over here, and Muhammad Al-Amin is in al and Farrakhan is over here, and Wardy's over here, and that's just in the Islamic world. Then when you get into the Hebrew world, you got Ben Amin Kata, Yahweh Ben Yahweh over here, Rabbi Jeremiah over here, Rabbi Matthew's over here, and that's in the black so-called Jewish section. Then when you get into Christianity, you got Seventh-day Adventists, Pentecostals, Episcopalians, Protestants, Baptists, Lutherans, Catholics, and all of this has been set up to divide us in mind. Because the power of us coming together mentally can affect the world. The whole thing is to keep us divided in mind, right? Because of this day and time. The devil's time is at its expiration date. It's fulfilling its prophecy. It's 6,000 years is coming to an end. Now, what he has to do is get off of the surface of the planet. If you would just be patient, he'll have to leave. He can't reverse the greenhouse effect. He cannot push the sun away. He cannot reverse the destruction of the ozone layer. He can't stop that. It's not bothering you. He's convincing you that it's bothering you. <laughs> He's trying to tell you, you better not go to the beach. Because if you go to the beach, you're going to catch skin cancer. What's wrong with you? You was born on the beach. What do you think Ethiopia is? What do you think Sudan is? 130, 110, 115 degrees all year round. You follow that? So we are waiting. I am waiting for the sun. I raise my hands to Amun-Ra and say, come closer to the earth. Because the closer he gets, the faster he gets, the quicker they have to go underground. And what they're trying to do now is they're trying to destroy the surface of the planet. So they're poisoning the water so we'll have no fish. They're burning all the forests so all the livestock is gone. They've corrupted all the farmland. And then they are destroying all the countries that oppose them where we might take refuge. You follow that? All the Middle East is being wiped out. All of Sudan, Ethiopia, Somali. Don't fall for that Somali lift. That Somali lift was a result of the fact that they looked on television and saw them camps in Russia, and they saw them Amorites starving over there, so they had to get food over there. And one day, it took them to close all them camps in Russia and bring food, and because the public's eye was on it, they sent a couple of bags of... Being Ethiopia sort of looked like a balance for the, for the UN. Actually, they're not least concerned. Part of the plot is to destroy all of what's called Africa, Africa, either by age, famine, if all diseases, they're gonna wipe it out because they have to go like the Quran sort back in the cage. If all that, they have no choice. They build these high rises and these condominiums. All of the so-called Europeans who live on the southern part of this country are now moving north. So they're going to eventually leave out of South Africa? They have to. They have to leave out of South Africa. But it's going to be in a, such a bad state, there's nothing we can do with it anyway. They gave the land to these Amorites. They didn't have to. They could have taken it. And they didn't have to leave Nelson Mandela in jail for 26 years. So they wanted him in there until they lobotomized him and used him as a tool. But let me get back to where we at. People ask me all the time about South Africa. I'm not in South Africa. We're right here and we got problems. And we better get straight. We better start worrying about what's happening with us here. We're running out of time and they're making more demands. The reason why you see them trying to renovate your neighborhoods 
and buy up your neighborhoods is because they have to get out of the South. You understand that? They got to leave Georgia. They got to leave Florida. They got to leave South Carolina, and they'll have to live from its upper part of North Carolina up where the weather is controllable until they can go underground. So now you drive all up in these mountains, and all you see is Florida plates and all old, old Jews walking around up here because they're trying to find places up here, up in Canada. That's their refuge. So as many times as they tried to put a community in Canada, they couldn't get it established. We have a problem with Syracuse, Buffalo, all up there. And it dawned on me because we have to get out of here and go south. Why do we have to go south? And why do we have to go to an area south where it's open and not mountainous? Because that's where he can't come. He cannot chase you where he cannot go. You follow that? So as long as we're up in a mountain area, he can come up here. But when we get down in an area where it's flat and open plains and the temperatures range in the hundreds, we don't have to worry about him coming down there because as the sun gets closer, he will not be able to survive. It would be suicide for him to pursue us in an environment where nature is fighting against him. You understand what I'm trying to say? This is the day and time we are now for the people to say, why are we leaving Mount Zion and going south? Because we're passing him on the road. Yeah. That, and let the fools come this way, and we'll go that way where he can't come. But we're going to have to learn how to survive down there because you forgot how to be sun people. And that's one of the main reasons why I said stop the perms and the jerry curls and all that crap because you can't afford it and you won't have access to it. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? And I, and I didn't say go back to Afro, because Afro described one hairstyle. <laughs> one hairstyle. And I, I heard somebody say just yesterday, if they were to bring that hairstyle up to today, instead of us being called Afro-Americans, we would have to be called Jerry Curl Americans, or Extension Americans, or, or, per, or Perm Americans, because Afro is just a hairstyle, and the word Afro don't apply to us. We are not Africans. And I say that to say nobody is African. There is no such thing as an African. The word African means Africa, to divide us up into pieces. We are Ethiopians. We are Egyptians. We are Kushites, Hamites, Shemites. We are not Africans. You follow that? We have broken up into families, became known as Ashante. We became known as Medingans. We, came with, we got set up with Igbo. We became many different names. But when you get past all those tribal names and get down to it, we are Shemites and not Semites. They're, they could be semi. They could be Semites. We're Shemites. You follow? So we have to prepare ourselves for this hour of time. And the sun is on our side. Nature is on the side. But he is destroying the planet intentionally with all kind of earthquakes. And right now, if you look on the news, there's fires in Florida, there's fires in California. There's fire. He's burning up all the forests. When you burn the forests, you're chasing the animals. If he's burning the forests down there, which direction is he chasing the animals? If he's poisoning all the waters on the seacoast of Florida, where is he chasing all the fish? Now, why would he chase the fish and the animals up here? Huh? Because he's going to be living up here. <laughs> so the best way for me to chase you is to light a fire. I light a fire on this side, I can guarantee that whatever's on that side is going to run in that direction. So if you monitor them fires, them fires start off the coast of Florida and they're moving all up. Now they're talking about South Carolina, all on the coast of South Carolina. They can't get inland. So what you do is go inland. Stay off the coast. You follow that? And all the animals will run inland and north. And there you'll set up your colonies for survival. You follow that? Yeah. Will it be um, uh, plant and food and stuff like that? Or starve. 
<laughs> One or the other. Won't be no A and P. Won't be no A and P, right? Love us. Not like that. You know that the word ahad, right? Ahad and ahada is the same as ahad. Right? And Tawheed, but see, Tawheed is a created word. The reason why I say it's a created word because it's used in Islam, and Islam claims to come out of the Quran. Correct? That when Muhammad received the Quran, that's when they formulated the system of Islamic teaching, and they corrected this divine language in which this scripture was sent down. You follow me? However, the name Tawheed is nowhere in the Quran which meant that after the Quran was completed, then men looked in the Quran when it was setting up grammars and stuff and created words from words. Mm-hmm. So in Arabic language, yeah, Tawheed is a word, but it's not a Quranic word. It's a word that they've made from the word Wahid. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. I would like to ask a question. Um, the importance of coming into the tabernacle, um, those that want to come in and were rejected, I can't speak for those people because that's the day and time we're in. We're in a strange day and time. And that is that we have evoluted ourselves from pure mental, right? We had a perfect ether and a bashar. We have, we have evoluted into some new being. I don't mean new being. I mean some new kind of being that's not in tune with the original self. You know, we're radical, we're unpredictable, we think a lot like the enemy. Yeah. We're self-destructive, we're uncooperative, and up in the most, we're disagreeable. So we have subject ourselves to a lot of stuff that has changed us. So it's hard to look in the eyes of a Nubian person and know what you're looking at now. You follow? Um, yeah, shalom. Shalom. I'm a part of the Christi Coptic Hebrew, and we wrote you several letters, and we, had a, we didn't hear any response, so we read in your bulletin what you did right, and we'd like to know, well, why didn't we hear any response to you first? So many people are trying to match what I'm teaching, not necessarily you, and oftentimes they really would like to know what they're talking about, but they don't. You know, they say, I'm fluent and I'm hot, and they make a statement like, Hala Salafi means this. And I look and say, that's not what it means in Amharic. It might mean something in modern translation that is Egypt, where is the Ethiopia today, but that's not what it means in ancient Gizek. Or they'll say in the scripture, this person is this, and that's not who that person is. They're reading English translations or Amharic translations from English. So understand, the devil has ran way up ahead of y'all in, in the early 19th century, the 1910, 11, and 12, and started translating all the scriptures into French out of a, a land in French called Bukhara and then translated from that into Arabic. So the Arabic Bibles you got are originally translated from French, not from the original. The Amharic Bibles you're getting are not from, and Hala Falassian, people like himself, were sellouts to Ethiopia. They were not for Ethiopia. He was a sellout. He was a Christian, a Coptic Christian. You cannot be a Christian and be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. You can only be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. And you can read it. If you read the book of the prophet, who they call him a prophet, they call say Nubia in Hebrew, and it means a prophesier as opposed to a divine, which is a prophet, and it's called Melahi. Melahi means in Hebrew, my angel. They say messenger. So they don't want to translate that. If you read that, you'll see how they address false Kohan. They call them false priests. People who are perverting the law, who don't keep the sacrifices, and don't know how to do this, and don't know how to do that. It's only four chapters, but it's the last of the 12 
They have, they, they have the 12 of the 21 in the, in the Tanakh. 12 of the 21, which is supposed to be the 12 minor prophets. And the 12 minor prophets, they are there to explain to us where errors went wrong. And the last one, the most powerful, is Melech. And he predicts all the future events. Certain people would love for, uh, let's say, Elijah Muhammad to be Elijah. Other people would love for Haile Selassie to be the Lion of Judah. There just wasn't it. They never did anything that rendered them it. Their congregations are desperate for a person to hug, so they create an aura around a person that I met Haile Selassie personally. Right? He, he doesn't see, he never saw himself as Jesus. And of course, we could say after that, well, of course, Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then if we say, you know, if I say to you, are you Jesus? And you say no. I say, okay, only Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then I say, well, okay, then, then I am Jesus. Then you say, I told you, he's Jesus. Halifax never subscribed to Jesus. Halifax was educated in France. He was not a direct descendant from Solomon. And if he was a direct descendant of Solomon, which I'm pointing out in that bulletin, it's still not good enough for us because they, his father and him both married Hittite women. They married the cursed seed of the canon, of which Abraham, who was our father, and the shield falls under Abraham, not David. That's another thing I read. They mentioned the shield of David. Morgan Dawid is not Morgan Abraham. If you look in the 15th chapter in the first verse, Barashit, where they refer to as Genesis, the shield is Abraham's shield. That is the star we wear. The shield of, it's called Morgan Abraham. And he said, the Lord said, I am your shield, Abraham. They're following a different star, interlocked star, which is a symbol of Satan. It has nothing to do with the star that we're following. So what it is, is I addressed it like I read the pamphlets, I looked at them, I saw pictures from our books in it, I saw information that was wrong on Hala Selassie, so I said, I'm writing a book about Hala Selassie anyway. Not so much about Hala Selassie as the character, but as one of the characters in our Ethiopian life because we are the original Ethiopian people. Sudanese are Ethiopians, whether they want to accept it or not. And Ethiopians are Kushites, and Kushites all come under Ham and Shem, right, which are the sons of Nah. So what I did is I addressed it subtly, instead of opening like I usually do. What I usually do when someone writes me and says, you're wrong, you think you know what you're talking about, then I usually go, so you want to play games? And I write a whole book about them. <laughs> That's my way of saying, don't play with me. I'm not the same thing you are. I'm not some person who just pops up with a little information, you know, and, going to, and trying to get a congregation. I, I say that to the five percenters. I say that to Farrakhan. I say that to Sunni Muslims. This is a different level of information that we're coming from. And so what happened is I addressed it subtly the same way I did when the Sunnis first wrote about me. I put out a couple of little leaflets, and then I said, you understand what I can do, and I left it alone. And then they came back with a cult book, and I said, okay, so you want to fight. I don't want to fight because this is going to be Kushite on Kushite, but being you want to play, let's dance. You know what I'm saying? I'm, but the time I wasted, you know, researching the Quran and showing them their errors, I could have spent raising the nation. And then I got sidetracked because I was on a Jesus Christ mission at the time, writing a series of books about how, who is Jesus' father. And I was, you know, trying to get that spell of the ghost, the gospel, the ghost spell out of our heads. And I got sidetracked by my own people. And I got there, when I got there, I met the five percenters, and then I got sidetracked by the five percenters. And I'm like, back on mainstream. And I said, is this another? And I got to myself, I said, this is going to be another sidetrack. I'm going to have to stand here and badger more of my own people. So I just passed it. Let me just write about it. Right? And left it on. I have a whole book on Ethiopia and the history of the line of descendancy of Judah, where they went, who they are. Documented facts, not hypothetics. Shua was a land. He was not from Shua. 
He migrated to Shur. He was raised in a Burak, another whole province in Ethiopia. Moved there, and the land was established by a descendant, and it wasn't Menelik. It's a whole big thing that they play games with people. When he went to Jamaica, for instance, he didn't even he didn't respect the Rastafarians. He was very disrespectful. Otherwise, he did not acknowledge their presence at all. He visited the temple because he was forced to, but he didn't respect them. In Ethiopia, he was overthrowing the country. He brought Christianity in Ethiopia. The man who ruled Ethiopia before him was a Muslim, but he was not a Muslim. They say Muslim, and they try to make it sound like he was an Arab Muslim. He was not. He was a Sudanese Muslim who believed in the Torah and lived like we do as Islamic Hebrews, but they, they eliminated him to put Hala Selassie in so that they could bring Christianity in. Cause, and I'll tell you why. Because they're trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. This is what they want to get their hands on. They made a movie about it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because they know the power of the cherubim that El Elo Yahweh channels. He controls both Elohim, the Elohim that are good and the Elohim that are bad, which they don't say good and bad in Hebrew. We use the word tov and ra, which is agreeable and disagreeable, those disagreeable and agreeable Elohim. And the disagreeable ones are the ones that have the wings symbolic, right, that protect the Ark of the Covenant that we as Ben Yisrael, when he said Ben Yisrael, you're including Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites, Muslims may think they're in another religion, but they're nothing but a 5% branch off from Israel. We are Ishmaelites, we are Midianites, we are just, we are Jacob's sons, but Esau is also us, so the Edomites are us, but they laid their mountains to waste because they maliciously went out and married Hittites. Maliciously, Yitzhak or Esau went out to marry Hittite women to get even because he lost the blessing. There's no such word as birthright in the Torah. It's not in there. The word is blessing, the word is buroka, and it means the blessing. And that blessing was money. This is what the problem was. It wasn't about nothing spiritual. It was about money. And when Jacob got the money, Yitzhak was mad and went back to his father and said, could you give me a little money? <laughs> That's the Hebrew understanding from Aramic. But in the Christian Bible, you're going to get lost because they don't know what they're talking about. Never. Yes, no. that's, that's why we came here. Yes. We came here because I want to get together with you and put out some stuff to a lot of the Rastafarians because I, I bear witness to your doctrine in society. So it wasn't a matter of we trying to fight off your doctrine. Trying to work together. But trying to hook up because um, some of the same things you're talking about now about <coughs> Ethiopia, about the sun, and, and even etymology. The nine ether. Yeah, nine ether, the number nine also. We've been saying for a long time. The Wapo, you know about the Wapo and all those? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ancient scientists. I just heard a tape about the um, Beni Elohim, uh, um, the Elohim. You are, you are Elohim. Believe it. Mm-hmm. And the Elohim that sits here are both good and <laughs> bad, or simply agreeable and disagreeable. <laughs> That's us. You know what I'm saying? And he is L. L is the Elohim is the plural of it. You see that? L, Elohim. You are. That's why Yeshua said, is it not written in your law? He was saying, but notice he said, is it not written in your law? Because he was taking him back to Tiflin. The Tiflin is called, what you refer to as the Psalms. The Psalms. And what they would do, let me just want to finish, they would sing a song. The whole congregation would sing. And this will also address this young lady's question. They would sing the song of praise, and at the end of the song, they would say, Salat. They, so that's true, but they'd say Salat. Salat in Hebrew is said, Salih. Sad, Lam, Lamet, and Hay. That's the Salih you see. 
That's like the Muslims say it's coming to Salat. Salat, Saad, Lam, Alif, Tamabuta, in Hebrew is Saad. <laughs> you follow that? Lamet and Hay. You ever notice that at the end of certain prayers? It says Salat, which meant now it's time to get up to pray. And when they got up and prayed, they raised their hand toward the sky. You can see this amongst the Falashians today, Havashia. Raise your hands toward the sky like you'll find on the walls in Mitzrayim, in Egypt. We raise our hands. What we did in ancient Egypt and what we did in Ethiopia, what we did in Sudan was the same. We didn't start looking down at fire until we got infiltrated by pale Arabs. And they taught us to stop looking towards Ra and start looking down at the ground. Everything... Listen to this. Everything that you know of that is healthy grows this way. Grows towards the sun. Not this way. You understand what I'm saying? So they, this was a major, a major plot to remove one spell, Christianity, and reinstill another spell, Islamic. And it wasn't the real Muslim teachers. Because the real Muslim teachers, they held their hands up. Somewhere along the line, people got in and they institutionalized Salat. And I said, let's go back to the Quran for what it's worth, El's Quran, and look and see in it what he says. And eliminate all the things that we're doing that he does not say. And when you do that, you eliminate looking down because it's not in there. There's no place in the Quran where it says, put your hands on your heart and put your face down. My descendants did it, and they passed it on to me. And in your birth, you, it was passed on to you. You follow that? So that was step one. Right? Now we're moving on further to no longer worshiping, but becoming that which was worshipped. I'll put it clearer. And I'm not saying L. Don't fool yourself unless you can create a gnat. Right? And if you get, if you get to that level, I'm just saying, we, but we have to become who we really are. And that makes us responsible for the universe because that's what we were created to be, caretakers. Do you hear me? And somewhere along the line, something got removed from us. It got removed in Genesis. If you look at the fourth chapter and the 26th verse, you'll see where it says, And the Almighty gave Adam and Eve another son to replace the other one, like and in the image and after the likeness of Adam. This son, Seth, was not in the image and after the likeness of Elohim, the angelic beings responsible for the replenishing an earth. Read it again. It says, in the image and after the likeness of Adam. What state was Adam in in the fourth chapter, which is after the third chapter? Was he in a positive state or had he sinned? You see that? So Seth's seed, meaning most of you, right, were descendants from, like Adam, who had sinned. Now I talk simple, plain common sense. When you take a little baby, okay, whether it's black, white, or purple, do you have to teach that baby evil, or do they naturally take from other kids? Are they naturally possessors? You follow that? Do you realize that when your baby is hugging you and mooring on your hand, and you're fascinated that what the baby's really trying to do is eat you? <laughs> do you know that? You think that when your baby's mooring on your hand, that's cute. Your baby is really trying to eat you. It doesn't know that you're not food. A baby will reject you, and you can say, here's a cookie, and a baby will come. That's a certain part of our nature. That same nature that got, took us to the tree. Adam's seed was not good. Our seed was good. You follow that? 
Adam's name originally, Adam's name, not Adam, Adam's name, because it said, and call their name Adama. The word Adama means of the dust of the ground. But in that same Torah, they give you the name of Adam and Eve when they say male and female created he them and called their names Adam. Now what is the name then? When they use the word male, the same thing happens in El Quran. They say, Zakar wa Antar. We created you male and female. Zakar wa Antar. However, the word Zakar, Zakara, has nothing to do with being a male or female agenda. It has to do with the word to remember, Zikr. You follow that? In the Torah, it says, male and female created he, them, and called their names Adam. Zakar wa Nakibu was their names. When you trace the Nakibu back to ancient Aramic, it means leadership and out front in power. And Nakibu was the female, not the male. Then Zakar was Adam's name. Adam doesn't mean that's his name. Adam means of the ground, a earth being as opposed to a Elohim being. There was Elohim of heaven and Elohims on earth, physical ones and spiritual ones. If you want to see it, again, in the book of Malachi, right in the fourth chapter of it, they call them the Almighty God. Before all, they say God leads. And if you trip back to your Aramis, you see they have in there Elohim al Bashar. Right? Elohim in the flesh. Now, so you had Adam's seed, who's an Elohim, and you have Nakibu, who you call Hawa. And the reason why they call her Hawa or Haya, because it meant wind. You follow that? It meant the breath, the Nachas, that breathed into a person. And the reason why they say that woman comes out of man is because man decides the gender of the child. Whether it's an XY chromosome, not that somebody snaps nobody's rib, ripped their chest open, that's not what's in there. You're talking about a replenishing of the world, not a creation of the world. Adam and Eve were not the first people on the planet for us. You understand that? I'll give you some simple reasons why. One is, we, we use a basic biblical concept. We have Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve. Is that the basic Christian concept? How many people was that? Four people. Cain kills Abel. He eliminates one of the people. How many people are left? Who are these people? Right? Adam, Eve, and Cain. Three people, right? Now, when the Almighty addresses Cain concerning the killing of his brother, Cain cried that his penalty is greater than he could bear, right? And then he said he put a mark on him, right? A birthmark, exactly what it is, a birthmark on him. That what? What was, what was Cain afraid of? Tell me. Anybody what? Cain was afraid that anybody finding him will kill him. Could you tell me who was going to find him if there's only three people on the planet? Who was he afraid of if there was nobody else on the planet but him, his mother and father? It wasn't his father he was worried about. It wasn't his mother he was worried about. There must have been other people on the planet. 
that he was worried about that would kill him. And when he left that land and went into the land of Nud, Nod, he encountered other people. There, it was already there in the Philians. Then again, they say, the man should leave his mother and his father and cling unto his wife, and they should become one flesh. Correct? If these are the first people on the planet, who was that law for before it was said to them? It didn't say you are to leave your mother and father. It said a man as if the law was already set. A man is to leave his mother and leave his father and cling unto his wife and there to become one flesh. If that law was set, who was it set for if there was nobody there? And nobody else got married. You follow? And why is the word refill or replenish? Because in Hebrew or Aramic, the word is barra. They don't use the word halakha. Yes, there is a Hebrew word, halakha, meaning creation, and it talks about the original creation that took place billions of years ago. But Adam and Eve, 49,000 years ago, was a recreation, a barra. And look it up in Hebrew. You see right there, barra. And that means to remake, to remodel, or to rebuild, not to create. We will continue following this brief intermission. Have you ever wondered why so many Nubians or black people seem to aid the devil in destroying us? Have you ever wondered why they sell the drugs and they pull the trickers? And the black cops may beat you worse than a white cop. And the black leader maid will chase you down while the white leader maid may let you go. Or the minister would lie and say anything. Have you ever wondered why this is so easy to them? Then you must read a book called Are There Black Devils? For in the midst of us, living with us, marrying us, teaching us, preaching to us, are black devils who were here before the creation, the gravitation of the pale devil. Read the book, Are There Black Devils? A must for anyone who wants to know the truth. It's available at your nearest Tents of Abraham. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box, 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. about the breastplate in Revelation chapter 21 verses 18 to 20. Read where the priest wore the breastplate. This is not merely a piece of jewelry or an ornament. This is a sacred relic. Read in Exodus chapter 28 verse 15. For you are the original priest of the ancient house of Israel where your breastplate it's a talisman against evil. 
in 14 karat gold for male, $475, female, $275. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box, 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. Now we will continue with Rabboni Yeshua Bar al-Hadi on Mount Zion. And what was taking place then? The planet had got so corrupted amongst the Elohim. And when you look up Elohim or heavenly host, you see that they say heavenly host for Elohim, for angelic beings. You follow that? So if the Elohim were beings who came to this planet from somewhere else, I'm saying somewhere else so I don't get distracted by UFO conversation, <laughs> right, came to this planet from somewhere else, and they lived on this planet, they called them giants, it's, in, it's right in the Bible, giants were in the earth in those days, right? And Adam and Eve encountered living and dealing with these beings, these people must have had laws. Adam or Eve, one of them had to be living by those laws. To know the Lord. Who was he talking to? Adam or Eve. When he spoke about that. A man. The law is that a man should talk to Adam. You'd like to believe that Adam was a good person. Adam was seven feet because he was a Nephilim and an Achite. His family had mixed in. They were part of the people called Path. Path are the original people of the planet Earth Pygmies. Two people existed at the time that you identified. One lived over near the two rivers called Nile, or Nile, and others lived over near the two rivers called Tigris and Euphrates. You understand? And both of these rivers were fed from the Mediterranean. The only difference is when you look at the map today, you have a problem. You're trying to figure out how the water ran down the Nile this way and up the Euphrates this way. Correct? It ran through Greece and down through Babylon. How? Because it was before the planet was tilted off its axis. See, your planet has now been tilted on a 23-degree axis. So where Tigris would have been here, and then now it would have ran there, down above, beneath the Mediterranean, now it's sitting like this, so it looks like it's impossible. So when you go to a map, you can't see those four rivers that's flowing down, and you get confused. But if you go back to before the planet got shifted off its axis, you'll see how the... You follow? So this part is on the eastern end of the garden, obviously. And where would that be at? That's in the Persian Gulf. That's in an area called Or, which means flames in Aramaic or Hebrew. Or means flames. The city of Nod was in the midst of the flames. And what is flames called? What do you know flames as? As hell. You understand? Flames is hell. And there is where the giants, the wicked beings, live. And it's said in when you get to Battleship in the sixth chapter that the sons of God, the first ones, those are not positive Elohim. Those are negative Elohim, disagreeable. They took the daughters of men. You see the difference? The second time it says they went in unto. But the first time it says they took 
That means they left the Euphrates area and went over into Egypt, where we lived at, the pygmies. You follow that? We, that's, we didn't stand over four feet at the time. And the giants who came down stood over seven feet. The normal height of a man, whether you like it or not, is five foot six inches. I'm not five foot six, so that's don't think I'm saying it because it's me. It's a perfect balance between the Elohim on that side and the Elohim on that side because we created him in our image. And if they're seven feet and they're four feet, the middle image would be five six. You follow? So now these wicked beings left their land and went over into Egypt called Mithraim, today called Gen, back then, Garden, and took women from all that they chose. You follow that? And that family that they chose that ended up on their side is where Adam, who was a descendant from the original people, that's why when you see the picture of Adam, he has wavy hair. He doesn't have nine ether. He has eight ether. There's nine, eight, seven, and six ether in our head. Another question that comes up. How did the people for Eve become light-skinned? That's because you don't want to convince yourself because you're dark-skinned that the first people were dark-skinned. It's very convenient. But genetically, that's just not true, because two dark-skinned people can give birth to a brown-skinned person. It'll stay within a certain color range from Latino all the way down. When you get to the point where the skin is ghost-like, it's non-ether, it's ghost-like, it's transparent, then you bred out of the Ethiopian people, the non-ether. Adam's family were Pathites, of, of, that's the same path you read about in ancient Egypt, right, who influenced Amun-Ra, mixed in, was kidnapped, taken over there to live in that land. Thus, Abraham's family is born out of all Chaldea, not being born in Ethiopia where they belonged. And Adam himself was a mixture. He was a giant. He was seven feet tall to the original Pathites of ancient Egypt. You understand? So he was influenced by good or bad. Or what should we say, agreeable or disagreeable. He was influenced by disagreeable people. Did, did Nahas, Nahas is a taller word for the whisperer. There's no word serpent in there. It's Nahas. One of his names is Sabun. That's one of his ancient names. It means a snake. His real name is Samuel. Samuel, that was his name. But who did he go to? Huh? He went to Eve. He did not go to Adam. Why didn't the devil go to Adam? Oh, he's already there. <laughs> he knew Adam. He knew Adam. <laughs> what? Shouldn't it have been that he should have went to Adam and let Adam influence Eve as opposed to going to Eve and letting Eve know? Because Eve was of the original pathites of ancient Ethiopia and was good. Adam's family had been living over at the Euphrates and had become influenced by evil. So the whole purpose of the breeding, or as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke about, the graftation and the black and the brown seed, which is how in Adam, <laughs> was to breed the evil out of us and make us back into the image of the Elohim so you'd have contact like you used to directly with the universe through the dog star. 
You heard the dog call before? What is it called? Osiris. What is it called in Mitzrayim? Anubis. The jackal, the dog. You understand? The god of death. The god of life. That's our representation of black jackal to them. The worship Amorite, when he's worshiping God, and God, like I said before many times, in dyslexia, his dog, he's talking about the God Anubis of ancient Egypt, which represented us. You understand? Not the jackal of the cave that he encountered when he had to go into the cave when the last sun cycle came through and the moon cycle went out. He was asking, why did Canaan go up into the cave? Because the sun cycle came in and the people of Nuwapu, the sun people come to power. And the night people, and let me give you some names for it. Dracula. When you look in the New Testament, as it's called, in their Greek translations, the word for serpent is drag with a K, eon. Drag eon. And they say dragon. The name Dracula is from a German origin and it's Drachion. <laughs> Dracula is a symbol of a being that cannot stay under the sun. He roams by night and he needs fresh blood because he is a hemophiliac. A hemophiliac is a being that lacks hemoglobin in the blood and does not have the power to produce clotting factors. You with me? Dracula wears a long black cloak, symbol of the night. Dracula has to go into a sarcophagus or a sepulcher or a coffin in modern day. In ancient times, there were no coffins. People were put inside caves. And he has to have the natural soil under it. You follow that? So they unite in Europe. And they build underground tunnels in Europe. Does anybody know about all the underground tunnels that's being built in Europe? Dracula is aware that the sun cycle is coming in. So evening and morning is passing for a seventh day. Meaning we had the 6,000 years. And let's read it the way you see it. We had a 6,000-year period, correct? Now, after 6,000 comes in, so this time is up in the year 2000, which is the year 6,000 from canon. That ends another day. And how does the scripture usually say? Evening and morning was the... Now let's go into the seventh day, because everybody desisted on the last seventh day. <coughs> and they called it Shabbat. Right? Now, we're coming into the seventh day, a new horizon. The sun is getting closer to the planet. Dracula has to get back in his coffin, or the sun will burn him up. It's just called, in modern day, skin cancer. Nubian people, stop wrestling with the devil. You already have the blessings. All you have to do is wait. All you have to do is be a sabr, <laughs> patient. <laughs>
with a lot of things happening today, why is it that Nubians aren't responding and not realizing that the end of the world is near? With all the doctrine that's coming out, and all the different things that you're doing little by little, you know, you have an effect on the people in a big way. And standing, and you just got to be ready for it. Unfortunately, a lot of Nubians are not into computers like we are, and um, they don't even know about the hell box. They don't even know, you don't know about the hell box, right? Comments, right? A lot of you don't know about the hell box comments yet. That's why I got, what I did is I got a copy of the tape so they can hear the Amorites tell them about a craft like, like, like entity that ha seems like it's alive, yet not alive, that's four times the size of Earth that they just discovered. And NASA has confirmed that it's there next to a meteorite that came into existence two years ago called Hellbox. And it's on the tape and they're called Hellbox. And they're actually talking about this, this new craft thing and they tell you it's coming towards Earth. And it's intelligently controlled and it's coming to get a group of people. And they say on the tape that these group of people that they're coming to get are people that are involved in, in an advanced study. And, and, and no, they literally say it on the tape. They say they're out to teach people. Did anybody hear any of it yet? Y'all picked it up, right? Drop it in the car on the way back home. And listen to it. In the end of it, the guy says, uh, in the beginning of it, in fact, he says, um, uh, I'd like to thank um, Dr. So-and-so, something Malachi. That's not me now, right? If somebody uses the name Malachi. Most of them don't pronounce the name Malachi. They pronounce the name Malachi. Right? So it's a slip of tongue. And when they say Malachi, that means they, they're letting us know where it's all over, but they cannot deny. And we have the, we went into the computer and um, internet, and they showed us the comet. They had pictures of the comet in there, and um, it's good to know it's there. They noticed, they noticed it's Nibiru, and they literally say on the tape, uh, Zachariah Sitchin refers to this as Nibiru. Next um, came into us was, um, I tried to fax it to as many people as I can. I don't know if you got the skull. Right? Y'all get the skull? The skull of a denacle, the twice the chromium, twice the size. And right after that, about two days later, they sent us the skull of a tear, a cone. Because everybody, when we said the cone is the real, people thought we were chopping off Saturday Night Live. Of course, they don't know that everything the Amorite does, he, he puts the intelligence in front of you so he won't believe it. But they got actual skulls. And we're getting more information coming constantly because now that people know through the internet that we're the source of this information, they feel free sending us stuff. Amorites, everybody, I got clippings. I got like 10 stories on how Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. You heard somebody, had, y'all read that one? Had children, how his kids moved, you know, was protected by the, you know, whom, etc. All these stories are coming out. They had a whole thing on television the other night on um, Discovery or one of them, where they talk about, you know, the, you know, the um, graves of, of skulls, the graves of skulls under old Jerusalem. Well, they have a place called the Grave of Skulls under Old Jerusalem, for those who don't know, where they have all the skeletons of all the uh, popes and all of that. And this is that, that place where they say that um, Freemasons go when they reach a certain degree, believe me, I know, and they go to Jerusalem and they go beneath Old Jerusalem and they see the body of Jesus, and uh, they've taken the body of Muhammad out of the 18th century out of Medina. That's when they rebuilt Medina. The mosque in the north, and it, when they did that there, what has actually happened is the, the shriners took the body of Muhammad out of that, which they had preserved, and his body is also in the 
under there, and, and only uh, people of a certain degree of information are allowed to see it. It's a confirmation. Actually, they're not looking at Jesus' body, they're looking at bar Jesus' body. Because in there also, in, the, in a higher degree, they tell you that Jesus went to Egypt and he died there at 120. But Jesus' son, why he was the one that was killed in the streets of Jerusalem, body transferred to the Vatican in Rome, where they simulated the crucifixion of him there, kept his body there for a certain amount of years, and then the Knights of Templar went there and got it and bought it and put it in there. So they have a special chamber where they keep things sacred. They also, I don't know if some of y'all remember years ago, I said, under the sink, there's some documents. Years ago, I told you about that. They're trying to get up under the sink to get to these documents. They found out the sink is the symbol, was a symbol of, in the, in the astrological chart of the ancient Egyptians, you know, as the, uh, the era of Leo, the lion. That's what it's supposed to symbolize, and that's something to do with the Mars project and the, what they refer to as the Adama project. This is that one Adam, right? And so they're unmasking because we should never say they discovered anything. They don't discover. They uncover. They uncover things that we bury, right? So a new word, just a new one for you, right? <laughs> they don't discover anything. Anyway, they're starting to uncover a lot of the things that's going to confirm everything that you have put trust in me in is going to become confirmed for you in front of your own eyes. And not that you need it. I know some of y'all who follow me here that day, and I appreciate that. Right? But I'm just saying, it is good for those who come to your class with the skeptic. And I didn't say skeptic, I said skeptic. They come skipping around <laughs> looking for some type of evidence to what appears to be a science fiction movie when you start kicking the doctrine on them. I know deep in your heart, as much as you may have loved me and I you, when you had to go out and teach, what I was teaching you, it was difficult. <laughs> and they know God really from another planet. And he had 19 spirits talking to him. And, and you know, never mind, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about something that appears more sensible. But the confirmation of who and what I am is confirming itself. And that's the best I can ask for from my brother on the side, but they give me just a little help. Because to come here, you know, to incarnate into this individual's body and try to convey this message to people that have been so television, so subliminally sedated, I mean, that they removed the essence of the nine from you and implanted the six, the lower side of the circle. It's such a hard job just to get you to not listen to the wrong music. You think you're saying something cool. When you say, I like um, such and such a music, you don't understand nothing about music. Because y'all are familiar with the 800 megahertz frequencies that are coming through the air now. You're familiar with that. You do? You do? No, you're not. Okay, well, I thought I talked about it. But you know that each one of the human beings have in their brain, they're called magnetic particles. That's the best term that they can come up with them. One day, of course, I'll give you the real name, but let's let them play with it for a while. Magnetic particles. You have nine magnetic particles in your brain. All right. These magnetic particles can be affected by wavelengths, by frequencies, higher and lower. Now, the cellular phones are all set at 800 megahertz, and that brain of yours was 900 megahertz 
You follow that? And it drops down. When Honorable Elijah Muhammad was speaking about the brain capacity of an animal being less than that of a Nubian, they were talking about that frequency response, your ability to respond to sound. All right? Of course, as you know, microwave also is moving on a sound. I can explain that a couple of years ago, how microwaves cook food by sound, which means that they're able to cue in and deaden some of those magnetic particles. A lot of Nubians, instead of walking around in nine ether, and the nine ether is beyond the hair, come out in the nine ether state of activated nine magnetic particles, they have dropped down to four, three, two, and when you see a brother who's totally delirious, unable to coagulate words, he is about down to one, and some just go vegetate out. And what they have to do is they give you all types of drugs so that it drops your body down to what's referred to as an alpha wavelength, which is one step from dead. And that way you stay what they refer to as monotone. Monotheos. Monotone. Mono. They keep you dead. Right? And so they are now capable of sending these frequencies out. They are putting these stations along the road. I know as y'all cross the country, if you look up, you see this thing on a tall pole and it's shaped like a tetrahedron, and it has little things on all three sides. Just look for them and you'll see them. Well, right now the government has 24 different satellites aligned to the planet, around the planet. All right? And he has 24,000 of these receivers and senders situated across the country. He is able to tune in to your radio via frequency. It's called frequency response. This unit that I picked up, that I, that I bought here, and clicked on is a unit that's making it possible for everybody on Kadesh to turn to a certain station on the radio and they can hear me talking without any wire. Which means I'm sending controlled frequencies to the air. You follow that? Once I understand, once I understand the human and that his brain waves are between 900 and 700, you follow? Seven and a half ounce of brain, you know that? 900 and 700 on megahertz, I can send out certain types of frequencies. I can also lock these frequencies into music because. When they started doing it, they did it in a place called uh, Wacken Hut, naval base. We should investigate and find out that's where they started at. And the reason why they refer to it as the Harp Project, if you heard of that, out of Alaska, is because a harp, of course, is an instrument. And they know that by strumming a harp, you can get different response. Years ago, a lot of people used to come to me and ask me, how do they line their body up? And I would tell them what they had to do is go to a keyboard and um, take middle C and find the two eighths of octaves. Find the octave between middle C from one to the next. Of course, you know, it's eight notes. And I said, you go up and down the keyboard until you find that note that soothes your body. 
and then you'll know what key you're vibrating on. You know what vibration works with your body. The uh, Buddha or the Tibetans, they know about this. And so they have learned how to make their throat make three sounds simultaneously. And they chant like that. Constantly. And they got this going on right now while we're sitting here. Meanwhile, the practitioners of the faith start off. And they're on another frequency while the priests are pulling. The sound is a strange thing. If Deke is making a certain sound and I do another sound, a half step up or a whole step up, and I do a, a, let's say he does a one and I do a three and he does a five, we create what's called harmony. You follow that? As you know, none of the groups are singing in harmony no more. They have this new kind of harmony called unitary in harmony. They think they're singing in harmony because two or three of them are singing the same note and it's partially unison, unison part harmony and none of the kids have it no more because they had to stop that because that vibrates three bones up here in the sinus that connect to the tetrahedron that the nose creates which opens the eye of the seer, the third eye. They know what frequencies we move on. They know our emotional state. They click them on and off at different times. For instance, Sunday morning, they have it on a very low frequency and people feel it's Sunday. Even when they're not Christian. They have it where, well, it's Sunday, it's kind of calm. When it comes to about 8 o'clock Sunday, they start to speed up the, 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 the oscillation Right, and I'm going to get the oscillators in a minute. Speed up the oscillation valve inside the frequency. You get the response, and it's higher pitch, and people become more hyper. And suddenly, people start speeding faster because they're trying to get them prepared for Monday. What has happened is they know that our body moves on a different frequency. We respond differently than theirs does. Obviously, because most Caucasian singers sing in high natural voices. Most Nubian singers sing in low voices, or they were forced to emulate the Amorite and use what's referred to as a falsetto or a placement, but not a natural high voice. Very few Nubian singers have a natural high voice, unless they go out their way to, like Field or a couple of other, who want to be Amorites, go out their way to sound like Amorites. They're already programmed, they've already got inside his head when he had that accident and alter the frequency. They can also alter your frequency response. Let me tell you what I mean by that so you can better understand. Um, years ago, I tried to teach this, but people wasn't as ready then as they are now. It's simple, not uncomplicated. It's the period of time that music took a change. From the time you came in from Africa, when everything was based on drums and chants, right? And you had a kalimba, you follow that? And you had a marimba, and then as it moved into the Latino world, and you had the kunda, and et cetera, et cetera, you know the, the instruments I'm talking about that apply to us as a people. All right, now eventually our music went into blues. Of course, 
blues was a result of the fact that the Amorite gave us the blues. He took everything from us, beat us up, robbed us, raped us, castrated us, and we became quite depressed. As a result, our music, which is our emotion, became depressed. In due time, that blues changed into rock and roll for people who had cars, <laughs> and R&B for those who didn't. The reason why they called it rock and roll is because little Caucasian kids with combs in their back pocket and grease in their hair and bucks on used to drive around with their car radios on and rock while they rolled. Most Nubians couldn't afford a car, so ours was based on rhythm and blues. All of it was done standing one place dancing. And the blues was mixed in depression, now with rhythm, and we called it up-tempo. Beat up the tempo a little bit. And there we got rhythm and blues. All right, I'm right, of course, want to do rhythm and blues the same way a lot of Negroes want to try to do heavy metal and rock. It won't work. Hootie and the Blowfish, it won't work long. He was just put out there to destroy the fact that they had no Caucasians that came up with any good hits this year, and they needed a Negro who's a Caucasian to take all the awards, that's all. All right, so as that happened, he started squeezing us, namely the men, to get us to start singing in high voices. Come, commence around the 60s. And that produced Delphonics, Blue Magic, Stylistics, Black Ivory, Shy Light, Name some order. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Temptations had, but they had uh, Melbourne. <laughs> a lot of the hit records were based on um, Alim is his real name. Eddie Kendrick was his um, other name, right? And he was a falsetto. This was done intentionally to get us to love high-pitched sounds. You follow? Because that's the only way we can get a hit record is to sing the way they want. And so Blue Magic and everybody, we all screaming our voices out trying to sound like white people with white men sing naturally in a high voice. You know, with the stuff is thinner stuff. Right? But um, they managed to control our minds then. While we were in these clubs, you know, clubs are used for one thing, gathering people or hitting people in the head with, and when you went to a club, both things would happen to you. They were gathering you and clubbing you in the head, right? Okay, so we were gathering these clubs, and it was before disco preaching, and we started dancing. The best thing we could go back to was our Latin roots. You follow that? So we grabbed the Latin, and we started going to the Palladium, and dancing to the Allegro All-Stars, and uh, to the Pacheco, and we was in it. And he saw that the Latin population was becoming one with the Negro population. And that really frightened him, that we realized that we're the same family. So he tried to split us, but as a split occurred, instead of us going totally away, we started hustling. You know what hustle means, right? Moving fast, jumping around like clown. So we started hustling. And then what he did, is he staged an invasion of America by a group called Devo. And they came in with a sound, Trans Europe Express. Had no body language, the group stood there in plastic hats and black eyes and no motion, and just was saying over and over again, Trans Europe Express, that's all he said. Trans Europe Express. And everybody was looking at them, what they were doing is they were in Introducing the Moog synthesizer. One of the first, first synthesizers to come in and take out analog sound to bring in digital. 
to take out acoustic sound and bring in the synthetic instrument. By acoustic sound, I mean when you see a person pick up a guitar with natural strings, not even the metal strings even, the catgut strings, with a wood body, and they're playing that sound with no metal and no wires and no amplification, that's uh, acoustic. When you see a guy pick up a guitar that's all plastic and stick a wire and go, that's the first stages of digital, though a lot of times the original amplifiers were still analog. Analog means work by tubes, Tesla's baby. All right, digital crossed out. All right, so they brought in this group called Devo, and they came in to remove the soul. We moved gradually out the hustle into what was called the bus stop. It was a form of destroying them. Amorites took the hustle because what happened is the gay population liked the hustle because it had a lot of body flair to it. It was very much like bulging. Everything was spinning and throwing their hands up. So this was a, a way for a guy to get his sugar out of his shoes without the public. Right? He could consider himself a good hustler. And, I, and then from that, he could move over and become a good disco dancer. So the guys that you knew that were very good dancers in the discotheque were usually in, had a little sugar in their shoes. And they had it working, they had it working together. They knew what they were doing. All right? And then after they did that, they started slowly and surely introducing their music to our children. Now, how they do that? They remove all of the real instruments. 99% of the music that you hear on the radio or record or tape or CD today is synthetic. The, the violins are fake. The bass is fake. The drums are fake. It's all in drum machines. No more human element. Without the human element, there's really no emotion. And I don't care whether they tell you, you no, know, when I sample, I put my emotions in it. You put your emotions in the first three licks, and then when you push that continuation button and it goes on by itself, there's no more emotions regardless of what you say. You follow? This is all part of the plan for mind control. The Hoff Project relates to the Rainbow Project because where there's sound, there's light. And when sound vibrates, different frequencies give off different colors of light. When you look up and see a rainbow, and you see the seven colors of the rainbow, if, you would, if they could tap a wire into the violet, you'd get a certain frequency that would give you a certain tone. They knew that. I'm saying that to say, they knew that they had to destroy the root of nine ether, not the hair. They had to get down beneath the hair. The hair grows out of the root. And that's connected to the protein in the body. That's the, the essence of you. They had to get down inside to destroy that before they could destroy the God in you and turn you from a man to a beast. Which they have, in most cases, if you look at the media today, succeeded in doing. People have transformed into beasts. You are afraid when you walk through a mall. And you are the newbies. And you're afraid of your own people, yes, because that's how dangerous they are scared to be here. Don't tell me that every place you go, if you come across a bunch of movies, you're never afraid. Even if you're afraid for what you might have to do to one of them niggas, it's still fair. Because you don't feel like having to hurt nobody, and you definitely don't want to get hurt. But they have done something. There's definitely a transformation that's taken place. So what happened is they eased into the recording studios and made something that was exclusively controlled by record companies 
a public fad. Get your own recording studio, your own drum machine, own everything put in your basement, and do your own mixing the sound and make your own record. They eliminated all of the acoustic pianos. They even made what they referred to as an electric acoustic piano by Yamaha. And I said it as Yamaha and not Yamaha because the Arabs are also a part of it. And if you look at the Leviathan cover, you'll see I have Arabs on there too. Because they have been working with the devil way back. And I put in the Leviathan book where you see each one of the Saudi Arabian kings sitting with a different president. This has not been one sympathizer. This goes all the way back to the Sultan himself, who you can find in the first page of the cover of Noble Dualit book, and made reference to several times in the Nation of Islam teaching. They also, I might add, make the mistake with that new information of giving Muhammad two identities in the Nation of Islam teaching. One Muhammad in the message to the black man is referred to as a black Arab. They say he was of the black Arab nation, right in the message to the black man. Another set of teachings say, says that Muhammad was a Caucasian and that the wise men came together and told him how he could not convert his people and he died as a result of a broken heart. That is two different Muhammads. One is Muhammad, the conqueror of Palestine, which is clear in the lesson when it says that the devil helped us take Palestine. The prophet Muhammad of 1400 years ago, the black Arab, had nothing to do with Palestine ever. He never had any dealings with Caucasians in his whole life. There's no place ever recorded of Rasulullah Muhammad ever having anything to do with Caucasians. They mention him in the Quran under the term Rome, a surah named Rome. But that's it. They mention it in Surah Taha as on the, uh, I think it's 2102, on the day the company's known, we shall gather together the guilty blue-eyed. Now, of course, the Arabs, in their latest translation out of Saudi Arabia, which I have, the latest Quran has blue eyes. Before it was Blair, Blairy, Zurkan means blue. Zurkan, Azurakayba means blue. But that's the fact, we don't care. The point is that to set that record straight, Honorable Elijah Muhammad was not making uh, a mistake in reference to Muhammad being white in one place and black in the next. No, contrary. It was two different Muhammads. Muhammad the Conqueror was the one that's talking about in the one that's 14 in the class. That's not what Sulawah they're talking about, of taking devil's heads. Prophet Muhammad never killed an Amorite in his life because he never came in contact with Amorites. However, Muhammad the Conqueror called the great Prophet Muhammad by the Europeans. He did kill Amorites. And he was brokenhearted insofar as Allah Hadid, defender of the faith, went into the courts of King Richard, revived him, lived with him when he was wounded. Remember, he almost struck down with a lance, brought him back to life and could not convert him. And wasn't able to convert the invading Christians who came to Jerusalem. The Muslims there could not convert those Christians because they did not realize they were dealing with the rose and the cross. 
a certain degree of nights of temperance he makes me, who know more than Islam. And so he was brokenhearted for that. You got that part of the chapter? All right? So now, getting back to the situation here. So here in the world of North America, we were now in the club getting banged upside the head with this new music that had only a bottom and a top called disco. We broke away from it, and in came sympathetic instruments, and they rushed into the population access to all types of machines, drum machines, keyboards, keyboards that play by themselves, pre-coded keyboards, just push the button and the music play, you know, everything to keep you on a synthetic wavelength. Why? To get back to the point, to try to damage the nine magnetic particles in the brain. You are King Kong in his story. Want the story? King Kong is a giant gorilla with supernatural strength. He was a god while he was in Africa. The reason why they call him King Kong is because Congo is Central Africa. And he's implying everybody in Africa, the Congo. The king is under the spell. In his homeland in Africa, he's worshipped by his own people. Every night, he would come to their town or their village, where he had, and he had a big fence built up against him, wouldn't he? And he would, they would have offerings of young virgins for him. And he would come to the town, and they'd put the virgins up there, and that would appease him, and he would go about his business. And he lived like that, it was all right, everybody was happy. Some Canaanites came along, stumbled into their village, and it came evening, and they had to start running and closing the gates, if you remember. Remember that? And they got scared. They said, what's going on? They said, close the gates. Babumba, Kong was coming. They was in love with you know, stuff that they play. And in time, there were these large, boom, boom, steps. And they saw King Kong, the first thing that came to their mind is how to get King Kong back to America on stage so they can make the money out of it. So what they did is they lured him with a white woman. Because he was used to that. So the Africans said, if we give him her, he might not want to come back at all. He the blame for us. So King Kong kidnaps the white woman runs off into the woods, thus starts the episode of the Hammerites storm throughout Africa to get the king, the giant, and bring them to America. Eventually, they sedate King Kong while he is trying to have a sexual relationship with this white woman. And they inject him, sedate him, tie him down, put him on a ship, and Bail him through the passage over to America. When he gets to America, they present him before the public, chained down, and all these Amorites, they're in a party having a good time. That's you. Chained down mentally while the Amorites have a good time. He'll let you in the party, but you're going to be the clown, nigga. So moving on, it was about the music that won the case. All right, let's get back to where we're at. So what they did is they removed those instruments that vibrate with our chemistry. And now, every Negro got some synthetic instrument in his basement. He's pushing little Casios and 
Panasonic in all fake, all removing the essence. Back to the point. The Rainbow Project, which is sending out these wavelengths that is called mind control, started back there with who? Rainbow Project. Who's Rainbow? Phoenix Rainbow. Phoenix Rainbow. Now, Phoenix Rainbow. Just who's a part of what? Phoenix. Rainbow, Velik. Remember, Time Machine, Philadelphia Experiment? Well, the Philadelphia Experiment was initially intended for the sole purpose of creating invisibility for radar, which they already had called the stone. You understand? When they got into it, the mathematician who got involved in it found out that also they can interfere with the brain because of what they refer to as zero time reference. That if all five or six of y'all went through a time loop here, when you came back, Abdul Bike would be affected one way, you'd be affected another, she another, she another, and him another. They found that out. They realized that time has something to do with now. That time in the future has already happened, and time in the past is still happening. I think I told you all about that years ago. I said, if a person adrenaline is a high point when they die, it will stamp in now. And they will reiterate that incident. This is why people sometimes think they're driving along and they see a ghost run across the road. And they've calibrated that they come back to that same spot every year, or sometimes every 10 years, depending on how we're aligned, that that same thing will happen over and over again. A lot of hauntings, as they call them, they make clear that this is a haunted house. What happens? A woman walks along that staircase every night at 12 o'clock on the dock. And so people come in, they set up monitors, and lo and behold, it's a disembodied soul, an exoplasm, an ethereal, an essence that is trapped in now. They can't get out of now. Now keeps happening over and over. The event was so traumatizing that they can't get out of it. It's happening all the time. It's called lost souls, trapped souls, trapped in limbo. They got terms for days about it. It happens already in your mind if you don't think it's possible. And I'll tell you when it has happened. There are incidents in your life where regardless of what you're doing, you'll flash back to a certain corner where events took place. If you had friends or something hung out on one spot and it could have been 20, 30 years ago, you can flash back to that. Or you can flash back to an incident in a concert where you was having a good time. Or you can flash back to falling off a bike or whatever. But you have these things that have, are called now already taking place in your mind and you are away from it sometimes 10, 15, and 20 years. Everybody here, has had one of those events stamped in their mind. And that event reoccurs periodically. But what keeps you from being trapped in the now of that event is that the body is dying forwardly. Because when you were born, you started dying. You hear me?
and you're dying because yourself were dying. You must expire. That's why they call it expiring. Expiration. You must expire before you can become totally Ethereum again. But the events that take place while you are expiring, they stamp themselves in now. Like, go back to not the Savior's Day, but the last Savior's Day. And remember an event. And when you remember the event, you are reliving right now. So now is, now is the all. The all is not moving forward with you. And the all is not left in the past with you. Everything that takes place has a purpose or it won't. Light, for instance. Light was a necessity to exist within a certain period of time in the all. Light didn't begin with the all, because if light began with the all, then the all would be light. God, Allah, Om, Theos, Hashem, Adonai, Yahweh, Elohim, all of them are events in the all appropriated for specific time zones. When they needed to be. That is why I said two years ago, before you believed in Allah, He didn't exist. Before you knew of Allah, He didn't exist. Because all that really exists to you is you right now. And when you're talking to a Negro, and they're talking about what's going to happen, you tell them that's not important. What's important, what's important, what's moving on, is right now. And how much time I waste talking to you and what I benefit or lose while talking to you. Because whenever you come in contact with any two people, I mean, or any two people come in contact with each other, one is gaining and one is losing. If you give something to somebody, I don't care what they ask you, they're still just another human being, you've lost. If they give something to you, you've gained. How do you utilize now? If you come out here and you talk to me, I give you something that you take with you forever. It's like saying, see that puddle over there? Don't fall in it. So now when you leave me, and as you encounter people in each event of now in your life, you come to find out things I say become important at the moment. Meaning, someone starts a conversation, and you say, that's interesting. Pop, we just talking about that. Bam, you're right on. Because I need that now. <laughs> They want to alter our now. Because we have a new zero time reference. We are altering time. For all intents and purposes, it all should be over. But it has just begun. All of my beloved brothers who preceded me, 
all of them. The messenger, Muhammad Elijah Muhammad, the prophet, Noble Juali, the seer, Marcus Garvey, all of them were leading up to now, where we can start time from here. Yes, Pastor. Yes. I was wondering, can you elaborate more on the, uh, the, 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 I think you said E1 plus E2 equals the light of the sun. Can you elaborate yes. on that? Yes. Um, when you say E1, E2, and I know you like that subject because I watch your classes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I watch it. It's pretty good. Y'all guys are doing pretty good out there. Thank you. Um, when you say E1 and E2 equals the sun, like, basically all you're saying is hydrogen and helium. Right? H1 is really hydrogen. On the other side of it, there has to be an etheric light for the other sun, Utu, the etheric sun. You have the manifestation of a sun on this side, and then you have a manifestation of an etheric sun on the other side, an energy light. Let me show you what happens with that. In the um, Islamic world, touching on the base, you have what's called the star and crescent. You follow that? And they say that it's a symbol of the universe. The light symbol is this and this and this. It's the illusion. It's the lie. It's the confusion symbol. The reason why I say that, I'm going back to the sun. That's where I'm going there. Is because when you see a crescent, you see that? And you put a star right here, or right here from your side. You see that in the, in the crescent? I ask you, is that possible? Think before you answer, please. Don't be no, don't be no, don't, don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Want to know. Is it possible for the star to sit in a crescent? Why not? That's right. Because the crescent is a moon. And the whole moon is really there. You're just seeing a portion block. And stars are further away from us than the moon. So no star could get on this side of the moon without blocking it out. It's a symbol of deception. You follow? And identifies with the triple darkness on the other side of the ether. That there is a recognition of other suns. Now, on this side of the ether, you have H1 hydrogen. Right? Again. 554 million tons of hydrogen is changed into 550 million tons of helium each second on the sun. That means hydrogen combined to make helium 2-HE. And as helium burns, it gives off more hydrogen. Someone had to make that sun. Someone had to create that formula. Because it could never reach the helium without some outside force bringing them together to start this tumbling process. So just like that sun on this side gives light, warmth on the physical plane, on the other side, ether one and ether two produces the light of the sun on the spiritual side. And the process is ether one changes into ether 2, which gives off bad information 
that is then rejuvenated into good information and gives off pure life. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When the man comes along that can take bad information and make it good information, he is the son of righteousness. When the man comes along that can take the teachings of the nation of Islam, which has been corrupted information, and take that corrupted information and make it good information and healthy information for the people, that's the son of righteousness. When that man comes along that can take that Quran that has been tampered with and write the wrong in it, that's the son of righteousness. The same applies to the prophet. When a man comes along, he can take the teachings of the messenger or the prophet, Global Jolly, and change those bad teachings into good teachings for you, that's the son of righteousness. But the man can take dead soil and the sun can come out and grow fresh vegetables in it. When I can come here and take this earth, you people, and rejuvenate life in you, and grow in you, I'm inside you like a plant, and I'm blossoming in your brain. I'm turning you into pure light without you even realizing it. When that person comes, that person is called the son of righteousness. But the sad part about it is he can only come at the end, right before the great and dreadful day. Presence represents the great and dreadful day when the messenger of Allah Muhammad finished his mission. He had succeeded in turning the hearts of the fathers toward their sons, but the devil stepped in and disrupted him. That's why I was necessary. I was off in my cradle in Ansar. I was not involved in what they were doing. But when they corrupted what he was doing for them, then it was necessary for them to take and bring the Yahweh or the Lord into existence that I may at the Son of Righteousness turn all of this bad to good. You were falling off the cliff and you had to be caught. Meaning, you were fed up. You were being confused. You were being lied to. You were following along and you were seeing corruption in the mosque. You were seeing corruption in the synagogue. You were seeing corruption in the church. They did not send a preacher. They did not send a religious man. I've been telling people for years, stop trying to judge me as a religious man so you can find fault in my character. I'm not a religious man. I am a teacher. Religious people don't work well with you. You need a teacher. Someone that will allow you to badger them just to give you the truth. Someone that will allow you to exercise all your egos at them just to give you the truth. You understand? So I incarnate here. So I can stand before you and in all that you have been given, in all that you have been taught, in all that you read, in all that you think you know, when you come before me, you have to humble yourself. Because so of how far the land you think you are, you know. I can humble you. And it is better to have one man humble you and you rule all other men than to argue with me and be ruled by all other men. You follow me? 
It's better to stand before me as a father and let me chastise you and get you right and you look good in the eyes of everybody else than standing out there looking like a fool. Because when you see a brother on the street now in a bow tie, you follow? He be saying, he just don't know. He just don't know. When you see a follower of Yahweh and Yahweh, you say, he just don't know. They have no idea. The biggest conversation y'all have in your travel through the day is people have no idea this is going on. Damn, look at these people. They don't even know this world is coming down. They don't even know successes are here. And they don't know independence, the movie Independence is, is them telling them something. You know it, though. And that is the blessing. Many are called. And I stood up in 1970 and I yelled and I called and I said, many are called, but few are chosen. When they get to sit to it, all of them left. Some of them are back in the street niggas. Some of them think, oh, he's so slick. He's this, he's that. No, I'm the man that's consistent in facts. You see me as, because you have judged me, by religious eyes and said he's not a holy man heard he does this he sings music I can do that I can do all of that I'm not your preacher I ain't your imam I told him in Brooklyn don't call me imam I'm not no imam okay imam I'm not a religious person I am simply a teacher a man coming to right the wrong and my very presence and what I stand for and what I teach you is doing the job. Again, nobody can. None of y'all can do that. And all those fools that left here, and all those that were fools that left here, all they can talk about is the teaching, not the teaching. They can talk about me and how much they don't like me and how I didn't do this and how I didn't do that. But one thing I always did was my job. Regardless of whether I neglected beauty, a book was still coming out for the whole of our people. You follow what I'm saying? I have many people saying, you know, brother so-and-so misses you. I said, I don't remember who it is. He ceased to exist in my world. Because I have a job to do that's bigger than you. They don't understand a person with a mission. They don't understand your insanity about their mission. They want you to be a person. And I always tell if I was a person, I wouldn't be the person I am. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't want to talk to me. It's the person I am that makes you want to talk to me. And in being that person, I don't have time for you unless you are in my world, unless you want to make this happen, unless you want to help make this happen. Other than that, I don't have enough time for you. And I'll give you enough time for you to see that I'm not there. I'm not playing. Oh, he's just this. You don't know me. I have died for you people thousands of times. My life has been on the line for you people thousands of times. You understand? I am the only one who would get up. Nobody else got up and talked about the world. And how you saw it. And put my to the man. The nation is all, I'm surprised they didn't kill him. You don't think I knew that? But guess what? 
my responsibility. Man, you translate your own Quran, man. I have to kill you. Guess what? I got a job to do. But then that's what's important to me. And the moment your life is less important to you than the job, you're going to see that everything in the universe works for you. As long as you got yourself out front, you want to party and have a good time and laugh and joke all the time, remember, you're going to be a failure. When you start doing for others more than you do for yourself, and you're going to succeed. You start putting yourself in front of everything. Put other people out, give to other people. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to find that that power of love, that's the thing that controls me. People don't think because they don't know me. I don't express my love by, by, by sitting on my lap and patting I, I express my love by making sure that you have a place to sit. You follow? The deal is I'm going to tell you the truth regardless of how bitter it is to others. I don't care how mad the Muslims get. Defend it. Defend it with truth, not with a weapon. Defend it with truth. If everything I'm saying about Farad is not true, then you produce the facts. You follow what I'm saying? If what I'm saying about Islam is not true, then produce a book and prove it. I put a book out 10 years ago, 360 questions asked the Muslim, they ain't answered it yet. All they're still trying to push is the Bilal filler book. What do they deal with? Me, the teacher. That's because they think I am like their minister, the religious guy. I'm not. I'm a person. Play Monopoly with me and I'll cheat if I can win. Just for the fun of it. And that's my way of telling you, don't make me the preacher. We played baseball, I cheated. Say he's cheating. Pops is cheating. And he was having fun. The fool was the one saying, Pops is cheating. That fool will later go off and slander. I watch the people on the internet ignore him. They can't ignore me. They're too interested in what I have to say on the internet. The room captain, whoever says, ignore him, the people are still asking me questions. Well, you see, they can't. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? I know they can't ignore me. They can't help. They're waiting for Sunday, they're waiting for me. Our room is so full that people are mad at us. Who is this Malachi person? The only thing is wrong is you people not coming and saying, that's God, and get them real mad to keep the conversation going. You instead, you so busy not saying, that's God right there. You know God is right there talking to you. Anything you want to know, he ain't God. Yes, he is God. He ain't God. How can a 5% say I'm not God and believe some wino in Harlem became God? <laughs> Bonafide wino, ex-father of Morris Science Temple, which is obvious by the symbol on the, of the 5%, the symbol of the Bible says a number with a circle, a seven, and a star and a crescent with NATO symbol behind it. That, that eight-pointed star is NATO symbol. And the circle and the seven is Noble Juali. Don't tell me Clarence was in the nation of Islam and never heard about Noble Juali. I call you a liar. Bible symbol is a Morris science symbol. Bible says brag that they were sitting in top full of nuts when he said, I met the father. And we was drinking a cup of coffee. God Allah in person is drinking a cup of caffeine. But I can't be God.
but a wino could be God. A half white man, half white and half black could be God, who ate pork, by the way. But for all they tell you, ate pork and then told him, don't eat this. He could be God or Allah, and I can't be God. Yeah, yeah. You got some yuppie on the cross with a 1960s hippie hairstyle called Jesus. He could be God and I can't be God. Who y'all fooling, man? And only one of all those gods that show and prove their God by their works is me. Ain't nobody touch all the scriptures. I ain't met a teacher yet. Ask your teacher, why hasn't he translated the Quran for you himself, his way to support what he teaches? Even if they say he translated the Quran to support his teachings, say then why didn't your teacher support his teaching with his Quran? And why are you talking to why women? Now you ask the Hebrew, why didn't Yahweh then Yahweh translate the Torah? Instead of putting up some old phony book that looked like his own translation, some drawn sketches, and call it their Bible from the King James Version. And then turn to the Hebrew Israelites and say, why haven't Ben Amin Kata? And then turn to the Israelite church and ask, why haven't Ermi? And keep on turning around and say, how come none of your Christian preachers ever took the time to translate the scripture so we could see what it says? Why that man? Where do you get the time to do all of this? Meanwhile, writing a hundred books a year, covering every subject that they ask. I write books based on what people ask you. As I listen, oh, you want to know about that? I'll tell you more than you want to know. I had one person say to me, how come I didn't go to a debate with Siraj Wahad? Do you know what, what happened to Siraj if you mentioned a debate with Imam Ethan? You make that man nervous and sick. He started getting sick. Ahmed Zidat then died, and that was their last hope for lying and messing stuff up. They cannot deal with us. Right, right, right. It says, not to put it in our language, right? It says that there's a Nawapian who's us and a Christian who's them camping together in the woods. And a bear comes. Correct? And as they get to running, from the bear, the bear takes chase, and they're running, and they're running. And the Nawapian looks over to the Christian and says, what's he going to do now? He says, I'm going to pray. You know what I'm saying? He says, well, what you going to do, you know, because that bear is catching up with us. You follow? And the Nawapian says, I don't have but one thing to worry about. And the Christian says, what? Your religion? He said, no beating you in running. <laughs> you understand what I mean? That's the real deal. Right, you keep praying and I'll keep running. Your race is against the bear. My race is against you. <laughs> you, you try to outrun him. I'm just going to outrun you. And we'll see. <laughs> so, 